Today I'm going to be talking about how to know if you're really in labor yet. This is something you're going to want to know. Welcome to my Birth Basics podcast. I'm looking forward to chatting with you today about a very popular topic. When I was teaching childbirth classes, this was the topic where everyone started leaning forward and taking out their pens to write everything down. The topic is, am I actually in labor yet? How do you know if you're in labor? What signs are you looking for and what do you do when that starts? Is it going to be like in the movies? I'm sure you've seen birth portrayed in movies that it's absolutely a clown show where the woman feels one contraction. She doubles over in pain, starts grabbing for furniture. People in the room all panic. And by the second or third contraction, she's already in the car and they're driving to the hospital, breaking all the speed laws. And they get her in the hospital. Maybe by that time she's had four contractions, and she's completely a train wreck. Her husband maybe is still grabbing things out of the car. They wheel her upstairs in a wheelchair, and by that time, she's probably screaming. Maybe she's had six contractions by that time. And then she's on the, they call it the gurney, you know, where you put her on the bed, and they're, they're running her down the hallway, and she's screaming, and then next you see where she's already pushing the baby out. And the baby usually comes out in about, I don't know, three, four contractions, and it usually looks like a six-month-old. You know, these newborns are not that easy to find for films. So, no, it's not going to be like in the movies, but unconsciously we have that impression that it's you've got to panic and run and go, and, and you forget everything you've organized. And let's, let's work on this a little bit today so you're much, much more confident about it, you know? The basic problem with figuring out if your labor has actually started is if you go too early, they'll send you home again. Or the whole thing might disappear as you're driving to the hospital, or the, I'll call it the birth setting. Some of you are having babies in birth centers. If you wait too long, you might have the baby in the car. And that's not ideal as well. That's unusual because usually those labors are a lot faster than you expect and maybe even easier. The first thing to keep in mind is, believe me, every woman is different. Every labor is has its idiosyncrasies and differences. I've been to nine over 900 births. I've seen women have babies over and over and over again. But there's a common denominator with every single labor. There's a natural rhythm that the body flows and follows so that you can actually manage it. But you have to understand it. Let me give you a couple examples of of going too early just for fun. My own experience when I had my first son years ago, 
I'd been to a birth class, but I don't know really how well prepared we were. And I started having contractions. And I was a little overdue. And so we packed our bags, me and my husband, and we drove to the hospital in the middle of the night. And I got there. And by that time, it was milder and, and not even as visible. And so they sent us back home. And I almost took it personally, like I didn't, like I did something wrong, you know, like, well, why did it go away? What's wrong with me? You know, and it was like probably, it probably the whole thing probably was just maybe a whole hour in length, you know. So if you go too soon, you might end up being sent home. The other side of the coin is if you wait too long. Let me give you another example of a story of someone who waited too late. And the last bit of their journey getting to the hospital became a really kind of a panic drive, you know. This is a woman that was her first baby. She had her mom helping her out, and I was there to help guide her through whether or not she was in labor or not, and then to time when to get her into the hospital. So... Labor started, or she thought it was starting, and so she called me up, and I went over, and I kind of looked at her, and I looked at what was going on, and I thought, well, we're still going to have some definite labor ahead of us. It's going to be a long night. And I told her she was doing great, and to kind of pace herself, and I was going to go back home, and then she should call me if anything different happened or any changes occurred. And that's what happened a couple hours later. She called me again and said, well, they seem to be getting stronger. So I went over and looked at her, and, you know, she was so calm and so doing so well that I sort of thought, well, you know, I guess she's still kind of in early labor and we still have some time to go. So I left again, but not for long because then she said they were definitely getting stronger, and so I came over and we decided to head on down to the hospital because not only were the contractions getting stronger, but they looked like they were getting closer together. Now, the thing about labor is it's not just one long contraction. There's a pattern of contractions you look at, and there's a, there's a, a tightening of the uterus, and then there's a rest period between that, and then there's a tightening and a rest period. And part of evaluating whether something's a labor or not is you look at that pattern and see if it looks like you can kind of guess how far into labor she might be or how far you are. So we were driving to the hospital. All of a sudden, she started feeling pressure like, oh, my gosh, she felt like the baby was moving down. And I kept everything calm, but I gave her some breathing ideas to help control that urge so that she, you know, didn't bear down on pushing the baby out in the car. And so we got to the hospital in time. It was quick, but uh, she ended up having the baby fairly quickly. So what this is example is you, you have your basic information in your head, but Mother Nature can always tease you or surprise you sometimes. And so the lesson here is if you wait too long, you end up with an uncomfortable ride to the hospital sometimes. Another story, I'll never forget this woman. She'd already had two children. She must have been about, gosh, six feet tall. She was a beautiful, big-boned Swedish woman who looked like, you know, what I call farm stock, strong, 
very amazing lady, and she knew that she had no time to drive to a hospital. So she hired myself and my partner to come immediately to her house to catch this baby because she had babies so fast that it was impossible for her to even go in a car and drive any place. Now, that's a very rare example of a labor that just is so quick, you just can't even hardly think with it, you know, and think what it's like being on call for somebody like that, you know. So I'll never forget this amazing woman who lived in this beautiful home, and I got there, and my partner was already there because she lived closer, and this woman was standing in the shower and my assistant had a towel underneath her and she was delivering the baby right there in the shower and I swear she maybe only had a few contractions. She she classically looked more like the kind of people that they portray in the movies, you know, but you, that's rare and you can't really expect that. So the question basically is narrowed down to how do you know when the right time is to leave home to go have the baby. Now, there's a section in my book that I cover when you do go to the hospital or go to the birth setting. And it's one sentence, which I think is lovely. The time to go to the birth setting is when labor and not false labor has begun. Therefore, it's important to know the difference between false labor and true labor. So what is actual labor? What is it actually? What are you looking for before you pack your bags and jump in the car and go driving off in the middle of the night? Basically, the labor process is a long sequence of contractions. It's not just one long contraction. And this long sequence of individual contractions will result in the birth of the baby. And this process doesn't necessarily begin suddenly, it begins gradually. So, is that what you've been seeing in the movies? No. So we have to replace that information or that image with something that's actually based on the truth. Now, let me clarify one aspect of this. It, there may be an early time when you have to decide if what you're observing is actual labor or false labor. And there is a difference. There's actual signs of false labor. And that's what tricked me into going to my hospital you know, too soon. But the contractions have to be settling into a pattern. They, for it to be real labor, that's one experience. But false labor, the contractions tend to be more erratic. They tend to be affected by if you get up and walk around, maybe they, they don't come as often. If you change positions, if you feel anxious, things happen, and all of a sudden you notice the contractions are no longer settling into a pattern, but maybe you have a strong one and an easy one. And yeah, you know, I call it kind of the rumblings, you know, the rumblings of, of the uterus and what it's trying to, you know, create. 
The second thing about false labor is the contractions don't seem to be getting stronger. Now, if this is your first experience and this is the first time you've had false labor, they're going to feel strong, but they're not increasing in strength. They seem to kind of stay about the same and they're rumbling around and they come maybe every five minutes or four minutes or every three minutes, the one starts and then it kind of rumbles around, but it isn't really increasing in strength. Now, the other thing about true labor contractions, now I think this is based on what I've observed because I've seen lots and lots of labors. Contractions tend to have a definite beginning and a definite end point when it's real labor. But false labor, sometimes they just kind of cramp. They feel It feels like cramps or it suddenly kind of comes up and then all of a sudden kind of goes away. It's not very, as coordinated. And it's not as easy to time them or write down when the exact starting point is or when the ending point is. So that's one sign. Now, false labor could go on for two or three hours. It could keep you up half the night. And it's disappointing when it all kind of goes away and you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning and you have no baby in your arms, you know, I mean, that's a bummer. But bottom line, you can use the false labor to play around with it and practice some of your breathing and practice, okay, if, if this is a real deal, great, but if it's not, I'll try out a couple different positions and see what helps and what doesn't help. I mean, you know, you can use it as a practice session, you know, which is really nice. Now, actual labor has very specific signs. The uterus, I mean, I don't know, Mother Nature built this beautifully. It makes labor manageable. It makes labor predictable, where you can know what to expect in the middle of it and kind of work with it. What I mean by that is, as I said, in real labor, the, the, the uterus doesn't just create a contraction and then leave it there for you to suffer for five hours or 10 hours. You know, I mean, a typical labor can be 10 or 15 hours long. So that would be pretty miserable if that, in fact, that would be almost alarming if something like that was going on and you were pregnant. You had a nonstop pain. That's not, that's not normal. So how labor is designed is that a contraction will start, it will gradually increase in strength like a little mountain peak, and then it will ease off and go away. And then, you know what? You have absolute silence and no problem and no discomfort for maybe two, three, four minutes. And then another contraction will come and it will gradually start, it will peak in strength, and then it'll fade out and go away. Now, when you start figuring out the rhythm, you notice that every time a contraction starts, you write that time down, which is good, by the way, and you notice when it goes away, okay, man, they're lasting maybe 45 seconds long. Oh, that, that's, that's decent. Okay, a minute long. Oh, that's even better. Okay, fine. And then five minutes go by and another one starts. Oh, wow. They're happening every five minutes. Oh, this is good. Or every four minutes. And so you begin to write these times down so you can keep track of it, and you watch this pattern that's beginning to form. The other thing about these contractions is, as I said before, they have a definite beginning and an end to them, 
Well, I mean, you know, sort of. But, I mean, it's it's like it starts up. You know it's starting, a contraction starting. And then when it goes away, it goes away. So you know that they have a definite beginning and ending to them. Now, the other thing for real labor is ideally your contractions should be 60 seconds long or even longer than that. And that means the uterus is really getting to work. With false labor, it's more like a cramp and maybe it increases in strength. But bottom line, a real labor pattern involves contractions that last 60 seconds or 45 to 60 seconds. Now, for you to be able to judge if this is real labor, is the mother now beginning to have a difficult time talking or walking during a, contra during a contraction? In other words, she goes, shh, shh, quiet, I'm having a contraction. She asks you not to say anything because she's having a contraction. Or she asks you not to make her move anywhere because she's having a contraction. And she's learning early in labor that she, do, you know, typically women do not like moving around while they have contractions. But then I think of exceptions to that too, because then we have the pacers. We have the women that like to walk and stride and walk and stride during contractions. Everything I say, there's always an exception, you know? So the thing that you can test a real labor out with is if the mother starts moving around, does that stop the contractions from occurring? Or does it delay them? Or does it make the pattern you know, erratic again? You test it out. You say, is this labor or not? And be, don't be, you know, be courageous about it. Don't start running away from these. Get, a, get familiar with them. Find out what they feel like. You know. Now, the other thing about this is that frequently women talk about lower backache. And when I hear that, when I get my 4 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock a.m. famous phone call, that's usually one of the questions I would ask. Are you feeling it in your, where are you, where are you feeling these contractions? And very often they will say, well, my lower back aches. Oh, okay, that's good. Because see, there's great big gigantic ligaments that attach the uterus down there into the pelvis. And those, I think they pull as the uterus is tightening up. So, if you have these things going on and then you notice that it's increasing in strength or the contractions are getting closer together or they're lasting longer or you're feeling more and more like, whoa, this is getting pretty strong now and a mother doesn't want to move while she's having one, that's probably either early labor or labor definitely settling in. And you want to give it at least an hour test, but frequently you can have this going on for two, three, four hours. And then, you know, you're saying, well, this looks like it's the body's deciding we're going to do the birthday today, you know? So the other smaller effect of a sign of labor or sign of labor is you might get a little bit of bloody discharge. And that means the little blood capillaries in the opening of the uterus are beginning to, the, the uterus is starting to thin out uh, what we call the cervix. And there may be a touch of bright red blood. Now, the amount of it should be maybe a couple tablespoons max, not a lot of blood, but you know, that kind of thing. 
Another possible sign of labor is leaking water. Now the uterus is the uterus has water in it. It's protecting the baby and there's a fair amount of it and the ideal thing there is always make sure that the water's clear or looks clear if you get a little bit of discharge of water. But in movies very often labor begins with water gushing on the floor. Please don't sit at home waiting for that to happen to be sure you're in labor. That's not a good idea because often the bag of water remains intact. I'll never forget. In fact, once I saw a baby born while it was still in the bag of water was still intact and the baby came out with its head, you know, covered with this this bulging little bag of water ahead of it. It was it was really fabulous. But anyway, so that's another sign that labor is either starting or going to start, or sometimes the bag of water just breaks and you have no contractions. But you should always, always contact your midwife or your doctor to let them know that you have leaking fluid because they're going to want to know that because ideally you need to have the baby within a certain period of time. So hopefully this is helpful to you. Am I actually in labor yet? Well, you have people you can talk to, books you can read, but you have to follow your own common sense and you have to recognize that you have people there who are available to help you if you have questions all the time. So I hope this has been helpful. And as I say, let's create a better world through better births. I'm looking forward to our next time together. Mm